Hello everyone, welcome to SecTools podcast by Infosec Campus. I am your host of the show, Sanuk Thomas. This is episode 46 and we have a guest today with us, uh, Thomas Rochia. Thomas, welcome to the show. Hello, Sanuk. Thomas, there are so many projects and so many works that you have done and we wanted to talk about all of it. But before we get started, um, let's get to know about more of you like how uh, you get started into infosec what was your your part of the journey sure um so i've been working for now for more than 10 years in in infosec um so i i did uh, a master degree uh, with a specialization in it security uh, and then i started my career basically as an um an IT support uh, administrator, like I was doing um, sec, um, network and system administration, and I was doing also help desk. Uh, and then I moved to uh, security uh, and uh, network administration. So I was mainly, um, you know, working on the infrastructures and, and doing the security for some small companies. Uh, then I worked for a bank uh, during two years and I was mainly working on um, incident response, penetration testing as well, uh, and mainly about security strategy um, inside uh, the, the bank. And then I moved to the consulting. So I did um, eight months in a, in a security startup Uh, where I was working on sandboxing and malware analysis. And I finally joined uh, McAfee in 2015. Um, and I spent six years at McAfee. I started as a security consultant doing incident response and malware analysis across the world, working on uh, several outbreaks, uh, uh, probably some of the, 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 the most famous one Uh, today, like not Petya or even when I cry. Uh, and then I moved in 2017 in the McAfee lab. So I was doing mainly uh, threat intelligence, intelligence research uh, and tracking nation state uh, attackers and cyber crime campaign. Uh, with my team, we used to um, collaborate with law enforcement. And in 2022, uh, Uh, in 2021, actually, I moved to Microsoft in the Defender team as a senior security researcher, where my work is mainly focused on um, threat tracking, uh, improving the detections, and also uh, doing some malware analysis. I've been uh, working as well with some um, some some teams uh, in Microsoft doing threat intelligence and you know doing threat intelligence report as well. And yeah, on my side, uh, I'm running the Unprotect project, which is an open source database dedicated to malware evasion techniques. I'm running it with a friend of mine, Jean-Pierre Lesueur, which is based in France. Uh, and I'm also uh, active in the security community, uh, mainly for security conferences, but also on my website, uh, doing some blog posts and so on. And yeah, yeah that's mainly it. Yeah, we have a lot in a small time for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I know you um, from the time of Unprotect project when it was initially released um, and then it was like uh, a set of um, informations or rather um, a database of evasion techniques uh, used by different malwares. Um, and then it got, definitely it got increased. The database becomes like a huge repository for 
um, searching and learning about um, evasion techniques used by different malware categories. Um, so, uh, and then rest of the projects was like just tracking from there onwards. But how did you start up with an idea of unprotected project? Um, let's start from there. Yeah, sure. So actually, the real story. So I started the project in 2015 when I was working uh, at McAfee and I was doing incident response for a lot of different customers. And most of the times I came on site during an outbreak and, custom, and most of the, the customers said, I don't understand what happened. So I got the um, I got the antivirus, I got the sandbox, uh, but I don't know why the, the malware is not detected by any of the security solution I have in place. And so I started to understand that the malware I was uh, investigated during this outbreak were using a lot of different evasion mechanisms, whether it was for bypassing the security solution solution in place, or the sandboxing, or even uh, to you know um, other the the reverse engineering. So I started to document these techniques, and my initial goal was to. Um, get that information to the customers to help them understand why some of their security in place uh, wasn't really working against a specific piece of malware that was aware uh, about the sandbox, for example, or about the analysis machine. Um, so, so that was the, the main idea. So I wanted to um, get that information and provide them to the customers. So I started to build uh, a classification uh, because when I started to learn more about malware evasion techniques, I realized that there were there were a lot of different mechanisms that malware can use to bypass the security in place, but also avoid the security analysis, the manual analysis, and also uh, detecting the environment and so on. So I started to create a classification, and my goal also with that classification was to extend the defense evasion section from the MITRE and to provide more information that can be reused by the community. So we built, uh, we built this, uh, this database. At first, it was a simple uh, Excel sheet. And then I wanted to get more information about them, so about the evasion mechanisms. So I started to um, add more information, like a description and how the malware uh, can use it. And uh, when my friend Jean-Pierre uh, joined the project in 2017, uh, we decided to rebuild completely um, the interface and create a full database uh, with different features and so on. So we started to add more, uh, the design completely changed. It was more um, user-friendly than an Excel sheet. Um, and uh, we started as well to add some code snippets because we thought about it and we realized that it was also very powerful for the community to have that code snippet, whether it is for um, red teaming purpose, but also for testing the security in place, for example, like just reusing the code and verify that, that the, the solution is actually uh, detecting this technique. But also for malware analysts, it's very powerful to have this kind of code to being able to recognize the code when you are doing the reverse engineering. And we also wanted to add detection rules. So we added the, that feature and we provide Yara rules, uh, which is mainly used to uh, detect that specific, the specific technique, which is the Yara, which is related to the technique. And we have also Sigma rules and Kappa rules. 
So it's still a work in progress. We are constantly improving uh, the project and people also are contributing because the, the main goal as well for, for this project was to provide that information for the community. So we decided to build a community-centric database and everyone working in the field can contribute to the project and add their own um, techniques or even modify one or update one. And so the database is growing like that. And there is uh, multiple, uh, if we talk about the roadmap, there is multiple features that are coming that we are working out on the background uh, and hopefully it will be really soon. Well, that's exciting to see. Uh, because I remember when uh, the, the Excel sheet was released as public, uh, like a Google Doc or something like that, right? Um, I, I know the project since then, and the, the, the repository got evolved significantly after that, including uh, the additional features like uh, finding code snippets and different detection rules and whatnot. It just gives researchers a more avenue to look into it and explore uh, different techniques, which is a great work. Um, and your work has been more into uh, malwares and threat intelligence, and, and you have also contributed to the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Security Tools as well. Um, and that was just part of the work and that got open source by officially by Microsoft. Uh, how did that go? Yeah, so Mystic Pi is actually uh, a threat intelligence uh, library, Python library, which is op completely open source. Uh, it has been created by Jan Helen, which is a principal security uh, researcher at Microsoft. Uh, and he's, he's currently working in the, in the Microsoft Threat Intelligence team. Uh, and he is the, the main uh, author of this uh, Python library. And there is also uh, Pete Bryan, which is working as well, and a couple other uh, Microsoft folks that are working on this, on this um, uh, library. Uh, so Mystic Pi is a um, Python library dedicated to threat intelligence. You can use it for uh, request and query different kind of uh, data sources. And you can use it as well for enriching the information that you have. Like, for example, uh, imagine you are uh, requesting um, some logs and you want to extract uh, information related to an attacker uh, in the logs. You can use Mystic Pi to uh, provide some visualization to understand if there is some anomaly in the logs. Uh, you can also use them for enriching the data. Imagine you have some indicator of compromise, you can uh, enrich that information by plugging plugging Mystic Pi to some threat intelligence providers such as VirusTotal, PulseDive, uh, and other threat intelligence uh, sources. Um, you can also use it. Uh, there is also some features that are very useful. Like uh, imagine you want to extract uh, indicator of compromise from um, some data source that you have whether it's uh, from logs or any kind of sources, uh, you can do it with Mystic Pi and automatically extract uh, that indicator of compromise, such as IP addresses, URLs, um, uh, domain name as well. Uh, you can also extract some hashes and you can also uh, customize what you want to extract. Like imagine you want to extract some Bitcoin address, you can also do it, doing it. Uh, last year, I've been working on the Contelix uh, from the ransomware, the, the Conti uh, ransomware uh, groups. And all that information was very useful from a threat intelligence perspective. So what I did, I used Mystic Pi to analyze uh, the information and I released a Jupyter notebook uh, where you can 
completely reused the code. It's public. It's available on my website. And it's uh, and with Mystic Pi, uh, I've been able to extract information such as indicator of compromising, uh, enriching the data, uh, and also get more information uh, about it. So. You can have a look on my website, it's completely free. But basically, Mystic Pi uh, is a Swiss Sami knife uh, for every threat intelligence analyst. That's interesting. It's all hand, a handy tool for like just to fiddle around uh, with different intelligence IOCs. That's, that's cool. Uh, the big elephant in the room is um, IA intelligence. It got my attention because it was probably the first thing that I've actually seen with um, someone worked on threat intelligence using ChatGPT's capabilities. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely a lot more to talk about chat when it comes to chat GPT, when these days it becomes like a too much of noise these days. But what was your yeah. experience on it? Like what, what was your learning from uh, the entire integrations and, and what, what capabilities it can bring extra? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my goal with this tool was simply to experiment about the OpenAI uh, API. And yeah, definitely ChatGPT is very impressive and very interesting to, you know, to, to try and to test. There is many use cases and I think we just uh, scratch the surface, uh, but basically there is, the, the possibilities are endless to me. Um, so what I wanted to do is just experiment with uh, the API. And what I did is a simple proof of concept where you can automatically extract the import address table of a malicious executable. The import address table is basically the functions uh, imported by the sample um, to perform actions on an infected machine. And I, what I wanted to do is uh, basically get information about this API. So what I did, I, I extract every API from the sample and I request the OpenAI um, API to get information about this API, but also to get information to know if this API is also related to a MITRE uh, attack technique. And this is very interesting for me because it completely automatically automated the process of um, getting information about the API used by the samples, but also um, having um, a step forward, meaning you can also get information about whether this API is related to a MITRE attack techniques. And it's just a proof of concept. It's, I mean, it's very simple. There is additional uh, other GPT tools uh, that have been coded, like for example, some plugin for IDA Pro or for Gaidra for getting information about the code that you are uh, currently doing, an, um, uh, that you are currently analyzing and you want to get more information about it. So that kind of use case is very useful. And I'm still experimenting on my side um, to understand the full capabilities of the API and what we can do for a threat intelligence perspective and also a malware analysis perspective. It's a bit early to discuss about it today, uh, but stay tuned because uh, I might release some stuff in the next month. Interesting. And uh, in generally speaking, right, this AI influencing tech is uh, is is very good because it is. It's going to give more opportunities for the defense people, or rather the people who are actually trying to protect um, companies' assets and and systems and sub servers and applications. But at the same times, um, it's also exposes like a threat level for the for the bad side as well, right? Have you seen any any malwares or any attack campaigns that actually consumes this ChatGPT specifically or AI capabilities in general? 
Oh, it's hard to say because when you are working on some some you know some samples and and some code, it's hard to um, to find the origin, or except if it's an open source uh, project and the code is already public. But but um, uh, ChatGPT or even uh, GitHub Copilot are supposed to um, propose some code that are very unique. Uh, so it's hard to say when you are analyzing a sample that this code has been generated by this AI or not. Uh, but definitely, I mean, I think they are they are using it. But it's it's you know it's uh, it's available out there and everyone is currently using it. So and it's it's like every um, technological revolution. You know, it's always mixing with uh, the good is always mixing with the bad, and people are trying to to use. The technology for nefarious purpose or or this kind of, of stuff. So, yeah, uh, I won't be surprised if some malware will be generated using ChatGPT. But the thing is, we had GitHub Copilot before, and probably they they were already using it. And there is not so much difference with ChatGPT. It's just that ChatGPT is super hot at the moment, and everyone is talking about it. But it's not new, and even before. Um, I mean, the code, a lot of code are available uh, on internet. Even if you take a look to the Unprotect project, we are trying to document the, the different techniques by um, showing how the code is working. So the code can be reused for anything, you know? So I don't think ChatGPT will change uh, a lot of things. Maybe it will make easier to build some malware, but, but that's it. And on, on the other end, um, if bad people are using ChatGPT, don't forget that good people are also using it. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so you've worked on multiple projects, and it's, it's I know it's unfair to ask it, but I can't hold myself to ask these questions. Which one is your favorite still? You're probably working from what, almost uh, eight years maybe, like in, since the um, Unprotect project started, like in 2015 onwards, like maybe eight, uh, almost eight, yeah, eight, nine years. But which one is your favorite still? Which one you had more fun? Oh, you mean my favorite technique or my favorite category? Your your project categories, like your different projects. Which one is your favorite project? Oh, oh, oh actually, Unprotect is my baby. So uh, <laughs> I, I guess probably it. <laughs> un, yeah, <laughs> probably Unprotect is uh, one of my longest and biggest project, uh, and. And especially since my friend joined the project, uh, because um, you know, at the beginning I was alone, so it was a lot of work. But when you are working uh, with someone that you know, uh, it's more easy. And also, I, I like that the fact that the the community is contributing to the project because that's the that was my main idea. I, I wanted to have something that everyone can collaborate and which is free to use. And it's a lot of. Um, uh, I, I'm not lying. There is a lot of budget there uh, behind. Whether it is for for time, uh, I spend a lot of time on it, and Jean-Pierre as well. And the the cost of the of the server is also uh, is also you know um, it's also quite uh, quite some money. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it's a very powerful um, database for the community, for every malware analyst and every defender. They can really get more knowledge about it. And the thing is, it's becoming more and more prevalent because people are, are starting to adopt uh, the Unprotect project. Like yesterday, I was um, sending a sample to Cap Sandbox, which is a, an online free sandbox. 
And, and Cape's sandbox is actually referencing some of the unprotect ID for the technique that is detected for a specific sample. So this is amazing. Like the unprotect project is starting to be used by everyone. Um, I also uh, had a call recently with the MBC, the Malware Behavior Catalog, which is related to the, the MITRE organization. And they want to collaborate as well with, with us for the, the evasion mechanisms. So it's getting bigger every, every year. And yeah, I just like that it's a community project and everyone can access it for free. I'm not sure if I will be able to, um, you know, to keep the, um, uh, the, the the price of the, the server every year like that, but I'm doing it since quite some time right now, so it should be okay. Yeah, and also like the the um, I've noticed they also have uh, the API access right, which makes it more easier for uh, people to automate it using unprotect project, which is which is an interesting way to kind of expand or rather scale that project functionality to maybe another um, extended project. I find it pretty cool idea. Exactly. Yeah, the API is very easy to use, and for now there is no no key required. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's also um, uh, that's also why uh, the the server is is getting uh, is uh, you know uh, having a lot of money like that. It's because uh, we have also we we built the server in a way that it can. Um, get the, I don't know to say, like the charge of the request and so on. Mm -hmm. So so that's why. But yeah, the API is completely free and for now you can request the data directly. Awesome. Uh, so Thomas, what's coming next? What's coming for your future plans? Oh, wow. Too many, too many things. <laughs> uh, no, actually, there is, there is some exciting features that we are working on for uh, Unprotect. So stay tuned. Maybe, uh, I hope it will be released this year. But yeah, um, anyway, it will be released uh, at some point. Uh, and uh, we are also organizing a security conference in the Microsoft Melbourne office in February. It's called uh, Malware Reverse Engineering, and it's organized. It's it's in partnership with the Federation University of Australia. Uh, so the the content of the the conference is amazing. It's very technical, very malware oriented, uh, and reverse engineering as well. And it's student friendly and everyone friendly so if you are in melbourne you can you can join us awesome all the best for the conference and um do you want to talk about the the books that you are in planning to write and announce yeah definitely so uh, i'm working on a on a book since quite some times right now and hopefully it will be released in the coming months mm -hmm. uh it's, it's in the final phase at the moment reviewing and 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 some of the technical reviewers, I will also uh, work on it. Uh, but basically, it's a book about uh, threat intelligence, uh, but it's not your typical computer science book. Mm -hmm. So this one is more like, uh, it's a project that I wanted to, to share. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar uh, with some of the work I'm doing. I, I used to publish some security infographic, uh, which explain like a security concept in a digest way for the reader, like in a, with diagram and, and graphic and so on. So the goal of this book is a mix of text and visual uh, illustration for threat intelligence. So I, I, I built this book like a, like a guide and it's a really um, 
handy book to have with you, uh, whether if you are a threat intelligence analyst or if you want to learn more about threat intelligence or if you are a security professional, um, you will get some information about it. So the content will be more, uh, it will be focused on threat intelligence, but in the book I discuss about the fundamental, like um, um, the difference, for example, gathering disciplines such as OSINT, uh, and so on. I'm also talking about uh, indicator of compromise and the pyramid of pain uh, and what kind of indicator of compromise we can use. I'm talking about Yara for malware detection and Sigma. Uh, and I'm also um, talking about some of the major cyber attacks we had during the past decade and some of them uh, where uh, I've been working on. So it's a kind of return of experience as well and sharing my experience and working from the battlefield. Awesome. And Thomas, what's your advice for people who wanted to get into threat intelligence or malware analysis in general? Um, where do they get started from? So um, I think um, I think reading the reading the, the news, uh, the technical news from security vendors, uh, you know, threat intelligence reports from Microsoft or um, any security company actually that are currently publishing uh, that kind of information is a good start because you will get uh, a broader knowledge about the threat landscape and the different threat attackers because threat intelligence is a bit complex uh, if you if you jump on it like that there is uh, many concepts and many many elements that you have to keep in mind uh, and also um, threat intelligence is also built with a network of relationship and, and a trust network, actually. So, so if you want to start on it, I would say read the different technical analysis from security vendors. Uh, that's the main uh, sources of uh, intelligence and probably the most reliable. Um, Twitter also is a good one because many researchers are publishing their research on Twitter and also different kind of indicator of compromise for related threats. Uh, or even threat actors and so on. And there is also some good books. Um, for example, um, I will mainly talk about a technical book because I think it's an important uh, part of the threat intelligence, uh, you know, knowledge. Uh, practical malware analysis, just to get you familiar about um, working on uh, malware analysis and doing some reverse engineering. Um, there is also malware data science from Nostar, which is pretty good. Uh, and yeah, there is a couple of books. Uh, I don't have the list right now, but yeah, th there is a couple of books from Nostar uh, edition, especially, where you can you know, learn more about threat intelligence. And last but not the least, I would say be involved in the security community, go to security conference, security events, share with the others, uh, discuss with people, because it's very important at the end of the day, working in threat intelligence is about sharing the information uh, with your peers and, you know, make sense about this information. So, yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Thomas. It was great sharing all the experience and expertise in, in threat intelligence in general and all the very best for your security conference that's happening in February, in Microsoft Melbourne office and looking forward to your book for sure. Uh, sometimes this year and also updates on Unprotect project. Thank you very much Sanup for, for the invitation. It was a real pleasure to share some of my work and yeah. 
hopefully next time in uh, in Singapore then. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks everyone for listening to the podcast. See you in the next one.